So I've been pretty fortunate to have interviewed an amazing array of musicians for this show. It's pretty humbling, and at times, it's pretty unbelievable. I never thought I'd be doing this for almost a year now. Can you believe that? A year? But anyway, more about that later. Because this isn't about me. It's about the music. Each artist I featured on this show is at a different point in their career, but they're all facing the same uncertainties as the pandemic continues to rage. I know some states have opened up and are even allowing indoor concerts at limited capacity, but no band or musician can legitimately go on tour and start making back the money they've lost the last year and change. And while this inability to tour and sell merchandise is absolutely devastating to the musicians, one voice we haven't featured yet on this show is that of the independent venue owners, the ones who own the places that haven't been open for more than a year. We all know the pandemic has run roughshod on so many people and industries, but few have taken it on the chin quite like the entertainment industry and particularly the independent venue owners. So many of these clubs have closed over the country the past year. I couldn't possibly list them all here. And those that are still around are literally hanging by a thread. And I know things are looking better with the vaccines rolling out, but we're still months away at least before we can feel safe packing ourselves into these clubs again. We get a taste of what these vendors are going through in this episode of Four Songs. I am honored to welcome Sandra the Pie Lady, who owns a small live venue in Washington called, you guessed it, The Pie Shop. The Pie Shop has been closed since last March, though thankfully she's been able to stay afloat because, as the name implies, The Pie Shop doubles as well a pie shop. Actually, The Pie Shop, lowercase letters, opened first about 10 years ago, and she and her husband have been turning out delicious sweet and savory pies ever since on 8th Street Northeast in Washington. They added a small concert room in 2018 to the venue, and things were rolling along until COVID hit last year. In this interview, Sandra talks about the struggles the pie shop has faced. You know, and it's not just being closed down. It's the fees and other costs that come along with canceled gigs. And it's a general feeling of just a depression and mor morose and whatever else that comes from seeing your venue closed for so long. The lights are out. It's just depressing. So in this interview, Sandra gives us some insight into what she's been going through, and she also talks about how the music and arts community, locally and nationally, has banded together through the Save Our Stages Coalition. This group has lobbied for federal funding directly targeting these shuttered businesses. And guess what? This funding was actually included in the most recent stimulus package signed into law earlier this year. And if there's ever a phrase I never thought I'd utter on this podcast, signed into law is probably it. But these are trying, desperate times for musicians and music venue owners, so there you go. It's victories like this that keep Sandra going. She is incredibly optimistic despite the ongoing challenges because the local community is so tight and supportive of one another. And you wouldn't believe the fight they've got going on right now, where DC lawmakers are actually seriously considering limits on outdoor performances. This at a time when so many artists are struggling to make ends meet, and so many of us want to hear their music in a safe space. And really, this is a special episode of this podcast because it's a great springboard for an upcoming benefit we are working on that we hope will raise awareness of the continuing challenges artists and venues face. I mean, I know things are looking better and vaccines are rolling out, but really, it's going to be a slow slog to normalcy. So stay tuned for more information about the benefit, which I'll be rolling out in late May or early June. In the meantime, listen in as Senator the Pie Lady walks us through what she's been going through the past year. Actually, first go to thepieshopdc.com and order a pie or two then listen to this interview as you're going to pick them up. Tell them Four Songs sent you. I'm your host, Rob Thormeyer, and please welcome Sandra, the pie lady, to Four Songs. Welcome, Sandra, to Four Songs. It's a pleasure to be talking to you. Thanks for having me. Well, so you are the first venue owner that I've had on the show, and I'm very interested to get a sense of to what your life has been like the past now. It's been a year. God, everything stopped. So what is 
the last year have been like for you at the pie shop? Yeah, last March was the last last show we hosted. The venue's been closed, and we've basically been doing the occasional live streams and you know private bookings for random things, you know, photo shoots or interviews or whatever. And so the space has been used sporadically, but. A little sad to go up there every day and see the lights off and the stage lights, you know, the stage dark and all that. But we've been staying afloat, selling pies, which is what we've been doing on 8th Street for over a decade now. But really, really looking forward to getting back to live music again. Mm-hmm. So how did you get started in, in the pie business? And then we can talk about how it, how, talk about how it transitioned to the, to the venue. But if you first talk about how you got started with my shop. Yeah, so we first opened up back in 2010, and Stevie, my husband, and I uh, basically moved into the building in 2009 and uh, moved in to the second floor where the venue is now. We basically squatted there for a couple of years because we couldn't afford rent on the building and uh, on an apartment. So while we were kind of getting the actual pie shop up and running and ready to go, we were just living upstairs, and we always my husband and I met through music when we were living in New York and I'm originally from the DC area. So I grew up going to the old nine thirty club and nation mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Even since I was, you know, probably junior high going to shows in DC clubs. So it was always a big part of how I grew up and, and who I am and how it, my husband and how we sort of, you know, connected and all that stuff too. So, and he's a musician from Belfast. He was in the whole like punk rock scene in the 80s and uh, he's a bass player and so uh, we just you know always knew that we kind of wanted to incorporate the food is definitely something that you know we we love and bonded over and but you know music and food are very connected (laughs) and Mm -hmm. uh, we always knew we kind of wanted to incorporate the the venue or live music aspect at some point Uh, it took us (laughs) almost uh, nine years or so to actually pull it off but because um, we never never had any investors or financial backing. And he, have, having a background in construction and stuff, actually ended up building a lot of the venue, the stage, the sound booth, the deck, wow. the, the bar shelves, everything, you know. So it was definitely a um, – it, it's been a labor of love from day one. <laughs> yeah. Well, so what would normally be happening at that, the, the, the venue right now if things were – non-pandemic related we were at a point the venue opened up in 2018 and by the time we got shut down was really when we had sort of started having a consistent you know five to six nights a week shows of all different types of you know, artists and genres and everything from burlesque to kids shows to <laughs> you know metal shows to i mean everything you could you know everything in between so we were really like jam packing our schedule. The majority of it was, you know, local artists, but we did have quite a few touring acts coming through as well. And so, I mean, we really were in full swing when we had to pull the brakes on everything. So mm-hmm. I, I guess if it had never happened, we would just be rolling like we were. So, like I said, you know, I, I, I really do think that once able to safely, we'll be able to fill that, fill the schedule right, you know, back pretty pretty quickly and just kind of hopefully pick up where we left off. Yeah, I would imagine that a lot of bands would are going to be chomping up a bit to get out there. Yeah, I can't even imagine. I mean, I feel for, yeah, I feel for the artists. This is what they love to do and they've been mm-hmm. stopped, yeah. <laughs> so how have you been able to, you mentioned that the pies themselves 
but there's also the Save Our Stages campaign, or I guess it's it got in the the last. It's one of the one of the stimulus packages like passing over this year. I mean, how does has that been helpful at all for you all? Well, we haven't we haven't been able to, that hasn't been released yet. You know, the they so they changed the name once the NEVA, which is the National Independent Venue Association, are incredibly organized and incredibly vigilant, and they had a you know they worked with a, a lobbying group and they got this bill passed with the Save Our Stages campaign. And um, it's now being handled through the Small Business Association and it's okay. called the Shuttered Venues, uh, Shuttered Venue Owners Grants. And so ultimately it's tied in with the release package that's that's about to be signed. Yeah. So once that goes through, then hopefully we'll now businesses, before they were not allowed to apply for a second PPP loan and the SBOG, now with this new, they introduced this new thing that basically says now you're allowed to do both because we're all just waiting around for the SBA to release the the, the quali- qualifications, like what makes the business qualified to even apply and receive this grant, and then also we still have no application. So even though technically the SBOG was signed into law earlier in the year, we were we have, no one's been able to apply yet because it's kind of just stuck in this that system of, you know, you know how it goes. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so there's no application out yet. So we're all that hopefully this will help people kind of hang on because at least now maybe the PPP, the application, I mean, that, that window has been open. It actually expires soon. You have to get your application for the PPP at the end of this month. So hopefully those news can apply for the PPP and that to hold them over until they can get their SBOG funds which then whatever they got from the PPP will just be deducted from that. So it's kind of like a way to keep everyone hanging on until they come out with an application and figure out how they're going to distribute it and all the, it, you know, the bureaucracy behind it all. Yeah, that's the, the fun part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And those loans need to be paid back then, right? I mean, how long do you have to, to pay back? So the, I believe that is, I can't remember exactly, but yeah, I mean, they give people a significant amount of time and a lot more flexibility than, than the PPP as far as what you can spend the money on. A lot of these venues that couldn't really take advantage of the PPP because like 80% of it had to be used for payroll, but these venues have no staff anymore. So it was a little silly. And um, that was sort of why we needed a separate legislation tailored to shuttered venues that have, you know, need to be spending this money on rent or mortgages or, and, and you know, other uh, overheads. Like, there's just so much money that people don't realize that venues lost in um, ticket cancellations. Every single fee that went, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's it's just crazy. So all of, like, thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars, especially for the big, bigger venues, that stuff was, wouldn't have been been covered. You wouldn't have been able to cover those costs with the PPP. So that's why it was important to get some a piece of legislation that was specific to shuttered venues. That's that's what this does. On a local level, we were trying to fight. I'm part of this amazing group that's now become part of why I'm even sane through this past year, which is the DMV Music Stakeholders Coalition, which is an amazing group that I've never seen anything like this in any other city where it's a group of promoters, venue owners, artists, 
all within the DMV and it's all everyone working together and collaborating on like what's best for our music community what do we all need like how do we take care of each other instead of it kind of being individualized between like here's you know just a group of musicians speaking together and just Mm -hmm. a group of venues speaking together Mm -hmm. this is a coalition of everyone kind of together coming together and being like what's best this is like this is a large ecosystem we all depend on each other how do we make this work for everyone and so it's been amazing and frustrating (laughs) but I've learned so much, so, 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 so much from all of these people. They've become family now. I get to talk to them for, you know, an hour twice a week for the past, wow. almost the past year now. So, um, yeah, it's been, it's been very eye-opening, and I think we're making waves. <laughs> yeah, because that's, you know, because I'm from the area, too, and those of us who have spent any amount of time here realize that there's a rich history of D.C. music and some fantastic, wonderful bands started here, and it you know it, it doesn't feel like it always that reputation is known much outside of Washington. So it's interesting to, to to see how that has at least within the community itself that it's still very rich and communal, for lack of a better word. And yeah, I I I definitely think that it's maybe still a little bit of a secret. I don't really know. <laughs> I guess I'm I'm like in it now, which I'm great mm-hmm. to see, but. No, this music community is so amazing and incredibly supportive. And I just, I, I mean, I always say I feel like we have, we've got to have one of the best music communities in, in the world. Everyone is, is just above and beyond supportive of each other. And so, I mean, I, I feel incredibly grateful to even be included in any of this. And I really take it seriously. Like I want to fight for, you know, keeping everybody good <laughs> and mm-hmm. and there and there's been a lot of kind of there's been a lot of stuff that's been targeting artists you know from a higher level or things that are just kind of unfair that cut them out of certain assistance or whatever and i, I think a lot of what we are what we're also far, fighting for is there's always like the the fun, there's kind of broken to two there's like the funding asks and then there's the policy asks right mm-hmm. so i mean it starts even down to like increase. We need to increase funding for music education. Like it needs to happen at a young age in the city. It needs to be a priority. And like you know, as far as the summer goes, you know, we need to figure out funding for like outdoor live performances since it doesn't look like indoor performances is going to be happening, you know, anytime soon safely. And we need to figure out. There's just things that where we can be supporting the artists that I feel like it's not always. A priority, but we're trying to bring it to the right people's attention to like make sure those things are a priority. But there's things like they just reintroduced this amplified noise legislation, which is a, specifically targets street performers mm. right now, of all things to be right. worried about. Yeah, as and, it gets warmer too. Right, and so <laughs> there's another "Don't Mute DC" rally happening this weekend, the 14th and you, and this thing already has been shot down because the public was so against it twice now. And they're reintroducing it again when the, when there are so many artists out there who haven't even received, you know, a single penny in, in unemployment or, or they were not eligible for certain, you know, grants or funding because they didn't have the right paperwork or they didn't, you know, whatever it was. And it was like they were cut out accidentally or, or whatnot. But the fact, you know, we're also just keep, fighting for musicians and artists to be in the city planning discussions and, you know, other, other like 
you know, just discussions where it would affect th this community specifically. Like a lot of people in the government probably who are making these decisions probably have aren't artists or probably have no idea how venues are run or, right. or how, you know, artists support themselves. So to call on this group for feedback or guidance on, you know, how this, how things should be laid out, I think is important. Like they, I think we, this group should have a seat at the table when any, any sort of legislation is being created that affects music venues or just the art or, you know, artists in general and, and the community in general. So anyways, that's, that's a long winded explanation of kind of like what we're, we've been, we've, what we've been fighting for outside of just the music venue relief act, which was like how it all started. Yeah. Well, so that ties into the next question though, cause you've been, I don't know if you've been doing these outdoors, but these, the back to the go-go is that, yeah, so that's that's been the um, live stream that we've been hosting. It was supposed to just be a thing that we were doing for with Long Live Go Go, who are a group of creatives and activists that are doing amazing things, and they're actually like you know the main people behind the whole Don't Mute DC movement when they first tried to introduce the amplified noise thing that was like targeted at the street performers. So I reached out to them and I was like, you know, we have the space and we're not using it so mm -hmm. you know let's let's bring the go-go shows back so they we started we were going to just do it for february for black history month but then you know we got to talking and we're like this has been great it's it's had an awesome like reception like let's keep it going so we're I, you know we're going to just keep going for however long but yeah it's been it's been awesome to work with with that group they're amazing and and yadi is like you know he's 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 the man yeah. <laughs> i really i appreciate them a lot yeah. So when is those happen every every week, every Thursday? Is that right, or is it yeah, different so, nights? Yeah. So yeah, it's been it's 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 every Thursday. I think we had a couple that ended up landing on a Friday, but yeah, it's every Thursday at eight p.m. and it's it can be streamed on Long Live Go Go Records YouTube channel or just Long Live Go Go's Instagram or Facebook Live feed. So yeah, eight o'clock every Thursday features a different Go Go band every week. And they're all amazing and super professional and just like I don't even know blow the roof off every single time. It's 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 been like energizing honestly to to have these shows. So I'm cool. I've, I've been super excited about it. Yeah. Well, so as we wrap up, so you've also had the the food, which is helping I think keep you afloat uh, during this time. So how can folks in the meantime before you are able to reopen fully? I mean, what's the best way for folks to to get you know to help you and you get some of your pies and how well how can they do that? Yeah, so we've just been open um for curbside pickup and delivery basically since March. For you can you know, find us online at pieshopdc.com, but for more regular, you know, day to day updates and menus and stuff like that, just social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at Pie Shop DC and the link in our bio has pretty much all the information you would need for for ordering pies. Cool. All right. Well, well, Sandra, thank you again for your time tonight. I think we'll wrap it up there. Thank you. I appreciate I appreciate you having me. Well, thank you, Sandra, and thanks for all you're doing to keep the venues going and working locally and nationally to save those stages. Good Lord, we need them so bad. Anyway, thank you so much. Go check them out at pieshopdc.com. I can vouch for those pies. They are delicious. Got some really cool stuff coming down the road. I'm really excited about it, but I'm not going to give it away here. Might take a few weeks off, so this might have to hold you for a bit. 
Anyway, stay tuned. Thanks for everything, and we'll talk to you in the near future. Sorry for that weird hanging on there, but anyway, we'll be in touch soon. Thanks. <laughs>